I want to read from, uh, start off just reading from Psalm 34. Passage I think we're all familiar with, but one that has gained uh, a significant uh, um, depth of meaning to me recently. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak His praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt His name together. That word together is something that has gained such a depth of meaning now because for a while we couldn't come together to worship His name. Even now there are some limitations as we come together. Let us never take for granted that ability to gather with other believers and worship the Lord together. Worship is, and yes, we can worship privately, but it's also a communal activity that we, the body of Christ, the people of God, come together and worship Him. Let's invite His presence and then let's worship Him. Lord, we invite Your presence into this place today. We welcome You. Lord, we're so thankful and so glad that we have this ability, this freedom, and the ability to be able to come together with each other and worship You. It's all about You, Lord. So we lift up Your name and we worship You now. It's in Jesus' name we proclaim this. Amen. We've been going through this series. Are you ready to go through and hear the next one of our series? We're looking at, at uh, uh, Jesus through the eyes of John. You know, John saw Jesus one way. Matthew, Mark, and Luke saw him a little bit. I mean, it's the same Jesus, but everybody has a different perspective. So we're putting on the perspective of John and looking at Jesus. And the story that we are going to talk about today is one that only appears in the Gospel of John. Uh, some of the stories appear in several different Gospels, especially Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They're called the Synoptic Gospels because they are very similar. Uh, a lot of the same stories with some different details because they're told by a different perspective. Gospel of John is different than all the others, and this story only appears in John. Uh, we're going to look at another one of the great I am statements of Jesus that are found in John's gospel. Uh, it's one that's often read at funerals. We're all familiar with it. It is, I am the resurrection and the life. Um, and today, though, we're not going to look just at that one statement, but the whole of what Jesus said there and the story which gives it its context. So let's look at John chapter 11. Uh, it's a story that most of us, I think, are, are at least are familiar with, but maybe we'll see something in it today that we never saw before. So let's look. John 11, starting in verse 1. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This was the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus, telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, 
Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. So let's look at the picture here that we're, that, that, that we're told, that John tells us. Jesus, Lazarus, Mary, Martha, they're all friends, all right? They hung out together a lot. And Jesus is about a day's journey away when a messenger comes to him saying, your friend Lazarus is very sick. Now, looking back at it, looking at the, the timeline and the locations of where they both were, it's most probable or apparent that Lazarus had probably already died by the time that the messenger came, it got to Jesus, okay? But the messenger comes, says, your friend Lazarus is very sick. Um, now, let's, let's say you're reading this story for the first time, you've never heard it before. What would your expectation be? Having read all the other stories of Jesus in, 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 in the Gospels, what would your expectation be? Mine would be that, you know, for Jesus to get up and go right away to see him. My friend is sick, all right, I'm going to go see him. I'm going to go heal him. I'm going to go make him well. But that's not what happened, is it? Jesus stayed where he was for another two days. And then for, after waiting for two days, he gets up and says, okay, now, let's go. We pick up in verse 11. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I'll go and wake him up. And the disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. And they thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant that Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. That, can you imagine being there? Wait a minute. Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad I wasn't there. I mean, what's that sound like, right? If we're sitting there when this is happening, he says, for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. So Jesus and the disciples head on out to Bethany. And when he arrived, he was told that not only had Lazarus already died, but he had been dead and buried for four days. Now, the four days is significant. The Jews at that time believed that when a person died, their soul hung out in the area or in, the proxi in proximity to the body for three days. By the fourth day, the soul left the proximity of the body. That's what they believed, okay, at that, at that day. So four days meant that he was really dead, Okay, beyond any hope that the soul would re-enter the body. They were dead, and they were going to stay that way. All hope was gone, and that's when Jesus arrived. Well, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, and we pick up their conversation in verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. And yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. 
See, Martha still didn't get what was going to happen. But, you know, she was looking ahead to what will happen when Jesus raises the dead at the last day. The final resurrection. That's what she was like, yes, Lord, in that great day, in that last day when the, all the, when the dead will rise. She was looking ahead to that. But Jesus turned her focus from a future event to a present person, himself. Listen to this in verse 25. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Anyone, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. As we look at this story, this is a story of life, a story of faith, and a story of hope. First, it's a story of life. You see, Jesus identifies life with himself. I am the resurrection and life. He identifies life with himself. He's not just saying that he gives life or brings life, which he does, but he's going beyond that, and he's saying that he is the resurrection and the life. There is no life outside of him, and there's no true life outside of relationship with Jesus. The theme of life, as you go through the Gospel of John, the theme of life is one of the major themes all throughout the Gospel. As you read the Gospel next time, look at the time, all the times where it mentions life as a theme. John 1.4 says, The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. John 5.26, For as the Father has life in Himself... So he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. There's a quality of life that the Father has. There's a quality of life that is in the Father and is also in the Son that is different than all other life. I mean, let's think about it. If you and I, you or I, ever ceased to be alive, things would, wouldn't change all that much in the grand scheme of things, would they? If you, were an eye, if you or I ceased to live, things wouldn't you know, change all that much. The world would go on much as it has since the creation of, uh, of the world, since the creation of mankind. But if God ever ceased to be alive, the world itself would cease to exist like that. Colossians 1.17 Colossians 1.17 says, I find it here. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. There's a divine quality about life in Jesus that is different than just the life in us. John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Then Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, have it to the full, have it to the max. That's what Jesus came to bring us, that kind of life. 
John 20, you know, when, when John talks about why he wrote this book, he says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Life is tied to John's purpose in writing this book. The life Jesus came to give us is a quality of life that is only found in him and found nowhere else. When we come to faith in Christ, we come into contact with the very source of life itself. And the life he gives is a life that not even death can touch. You see, the power of death has been broken so even though death may stop this earthly body, we experience death in this earthly body, we do not experience death overall because this body may cease to function, but death cannot touch the life that we have in Christ. Our life in Christ transcends our physical existence on this earth. It includes it, yes, but there is so much more than just that. And when we think of eternal life or everlasting life, it's not just existing with Jesus forever. It's not just a, a, you know, like a timeline, a length. It is a quality of life that is only found in Jesus and that we will ha have with him in his presence forever. So it's a story of life. It's also a story of faith. Back to Jesus' conversation with Mary. Verse 25, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who believes in me, or everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And then he asks her the $6 million question. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe it? To which she answered, yes, Lord. I've always believed you are the, the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Think of who's talking now. For someone who always gets knocked for being more concerned about the tasks involved in preparing and serving a meal rather than sitting at Jesus' feet as is her sister Mary did. You remember that story? For someone who always gets you know, knocked, oh, she was focusing on the wrong thing. She, you know, Mary was the one spiritual one sitting in Jesus' feet, but Martha was just concerned about what's for lunch and all the work that she had to do. For somebody gets knocked for that, she makes such a tremendous statement of faith. Yes, Lord, I've always believed in you, that, that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. And you know what else? She makes this statement of faith before she saw Lazarus, her brother, raised. She makes that statement before she saw him raised. She makes that statement before she realized what was going to happen. Faith is something that that Martha personalized. It was hers. And faith is only faith when it's personally owned. No one else can have faith for us. 
we must own it ourselves. Skip down in the story a little. We see that Martha goes and gets her sister Mary. Jesus has a conversation with her, and then they all go to the tomb together. And in verse 39, roll the stone aside. That's what Jesus said. He said, roll the stone aside. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. And Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of, the, uh, of all these people who are standing here so that they would believe that you sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Truly an amazing story of life and of faith, wouldn't you say? And also an amazing story of hope. The raising of Lazarus from the dead tells us that no matter how hopeless a situation seems, the presence of Jesus changes everything. See, our hope does not rest in our circumstances. It does not rest on the things that we see, the things that we see in the natural. It rests solely on Jesus. When Jesus arrived in Bethany, all hope had gone. I mean, Mary and Martha had resigned themselves to the fact that their brother was gone and nothing could be done. When they sent for Jesus, it was in the hopes that Jesus would come and heal Lazarus. But when he came, he had already died and had been dead for four days. Their hope was gone. But then enters Jesus. And the thing about Jesus is that Jesus changes everything. There is no situation that is beyond God's power to change when we combine faith with obedience. Think about Martha. Think about her great declaration of faith. And she didn't comprehend or understand everything, but her faith was in the right place. Her faith was in Jesus and who He is. And here's something we need to see that I never really noticed in this story before. Through obedience comes life. See, even when she didn't understand, she obeyed. And I'd never thought about this before, but can you just imagine, can you just imagine if she hadn't obeyed? For the last several months, as I read through my Bible, I've been circling every time that it says the people refused to believe or to do something. Imagine if she had refused to let them roll the stone away. Imagine if when, she, when Jesus said, roll away the stone, Martha said, no, I can't take that. 
be true traumatic for me. No, just leave it where it is. Lazarus would never have walked out of that tomb. For resurrection and life to enter the picture, it took obedience. And obedience is a product of faith. There is no obedience without faith, and there's no faith without obedience. As I close, I want to give just a few questions to think about this week. I always like to look at the Scripture and then ask myself questions and apply it. Because it does nothing if we just read it or hear it and nothing changes. So I always like to let it change my heart. I I like to ask questions for that. First question, does my life reflect a faith that is personally owned? Does my life reflect a faith that is personally owned? Not secondhand, not from somebody else, but personally owned. Or is it something that I was just taught? Do I own it? When it comes down to the wire, do I actually live it? Do my attitudes and my conversations, the second question, do my attitudes and my conversations reflect hope or despair? You see, whatever is inside of me is what comes out. So which is it? Is it hope or despair? If someone were to be by your side for the next 30 days, 24-7, which would they see? Third question. Is in an area of my life which needs a resurrection? Maybe a relationship, a marriage, a dream, a promise, I, I don't know. Is there an area of my life which needs a resurrection? And then the fourth one, the final one. Am I obeying all I know to do? Am I obeying all I know to do or has God clearly told me to do something and I'm hesitating where there is faith there will be hope and there will be life and there will be obedience let's pray Lord fill me with faith fill me with faith your faith faith in you. Renew my hope and bring new life as I walk in obedience to you. It's in the precious name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and receive the benediction. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit Be with you all.